welcome to the X-Files on the Grid podcast, where we go through every episode of the X-Files, rate it on a unique grid rating system, and uh, talk about what works and what doesn't about each episode. If you're interested in learning more about the grid rating system, be sure to check out grittyfilms.com slash the grid, and that's gritty gritty films spelled g-r-i-d-d-y films.com. Uh, now that that's out of the way, I am Rachel. I'm Tristan. And today we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 8, Fallen Angel. Uh, so before we uh, delve right into the grid and start talking about uh, all the things that work and maybe some of the things that doesn't within this episode, uh, is there anything you want to talk about, uh, about in general, about this episode to, to kick things off? Um, no, I can't think of anything. Did you have something to uh, discuss? Uh, no. All right. (laughs) All right. So the first category of the grid then is going to be writing. And uh, the first subcategory within that is going to be mythology character development. This is a really interesting, um, at least to me, it's a really interesting category to talk about. So with that said, what are your thoughts uh, right off the top with this? I rated this one a little higher than I thought I would, and mostly for two reasons. First of all, it shows Deep Throat, and he's telling Mulder about this thing, but then in the end, he overrides the FBI investigation. So he's kind of playing both sides and even says, like, well, you got to keep your friends close and keep your enemies closer. I don't know if he really believes that and believes that Mulder is his enemy or if that's just a cover story for covering up for Mulder. Sure, yeah, I mean, he could still believe it, but Mulder is the friend and the FBI is the enemy. It's hard to tell. Yeah, so he's, he's definitely playing both sides. To what end? We don't really know. I thought yeah. that was really cool. And I like that. And I forgot that was in this episode. I forgot that ending was in this episode. So I rated it high because of that. And because I think this is the first time that it shows like a, a another UFO nut and how there's groups of them and they're like competing and cooperating and like they're following Mulder, which is yeah. creepy and weird. Like they even know his alias. Like the guy even says... Well, you thought that would fool us? And Mulder's like, I didn't realize anyone was watching. I didn't think anyone was paying attention. To be fair, that was a pretty bad pseudonym. Yeah. I don't remember what it was, but it was just like M. Folder or right. something. Yeah, barely, much. barely flipped the words or the letters around. Right. It's not very great. But yeah, I liked that quite a bit too. I had a hard time with this category, I'll be honest, because it really, if you look at it, just from the realm of mythology, yeah. this is like probably even more so than the pilot. This is and even more so than than Deep Throat and some of the other episodes that are a little bit more mythology based. Like I feel like this is the first purely myth arc episode. Maybe Deep Throat would fall under that too. That that one was a little bit more ambiguous. I feel, but this one is is very much so about alien abductions, government conspiracies covering it up. Mulder wants to find the truth. And they're going to try and stop him at every turn. Like, it's very, and it, yeah. you know, it's the first time we, I guess we see an abduction kind of in the pilot. So, I mean, we've kind of, and we've seen the UFO fly or the ship built with UFO technologies in, in Deep Throat. So we've seen these elements, but this is the first time we really see someone like abducted by aliens. And, you know, the first time we see evidence of a, of an implant, like that's such a huge yeah. mythology thing within the show. Um and Deep Throat's role, like his his ambiguous, you know, where does he fit within the conspiracy? Like, there's a lot going on with this episode. 
um, as far as like the mythology goes. And it's really strong in that regard. And then in filling out the grid, I think I'm starting to realize why I don't like the myth arc episodes as much. Because I'm definitely, um, I mean, there's definitely some stinkers within the monster of the week, as we talked about last week uh, with, with space. Uh, so, you know, they're not all winners. But uh, with the with the myth arc episodes, they focus so much, or at least with this one, I mean, we'll we'll see with other ones in the future. But with this one, it focused so much on the myth and so much on the government and the conspiracy and all these little things going on. There's a lot of interesting pieces there, but man, they just ignored character. But like character was completely yeah. in the background. And even with Mulder, like I feel like there's an opportunity with this episode to be like, his, his search for the truth, what motivates him? Why is he so willing to like pretty much throw his career away? He thought he was going to get fired. He's like, yeah, I'm surprised I lasted this long. Like he didn't seem to even care. Right. And we just don't, like it just seemed like people were doing things. And I'm like, this one's really risky. And I know he wants to find the truth, but why? Like it really just seemed like, uh, I, ju- I just wanted to know why a little bit more than we got. I think they've already established why. Starting with a pilot. But to the point of I of, think it, of losing his career over it? Yeah. I, I think that's further developing his character. Like, we already know he's searching for the truth. And now we know that he's, well, I mean, if we haven't figured it out by now, we know that he's going to do whatever it takes and he's going to sacrifice everything. And that's yeah. all that he cares about. Maybe they could have been a little more clear on that. I mean, he did give yeah. his little speech at the end. But yeah, I guess they didn't they didn't reiterate why he wants to do this. I think it's just kind of assumed that we know why by now. Well, and it even just like, because all we really know is that like, he wants to know what happened to his sister. So how does that play into that? Like, this isn't anything about his sister. This is something totally different. I just feel like they could have, I mean, I know not every episode needs to be all about character, but for like the first big myth arc episode, I felt like there needed to be a little bit more at stake or at least maybe they just figured we knew he wouldn't get fired. So they didn't play it up that much, (laughs) but like, like, I would have liked to see him try and find a balance between his work and his passion, maybe, or or that exists with Mulder. I feel like in later, I don't want to talk about later episodes, but I feel like it, it starts to exist, at least. Hmm. If nothing else, he wouldn't want to leave Scully high and dry, like... Yeah. I don't true. know. But that was... Re- I still gave it. I still gave it a very high score in this category, because I couldn't really ignore all the things it did for the <laughs> mythology. Like, it was really... I mean, this episode is about the mythology. That's what it's doing, and that's what it's right. that's what it's going for. Um, so I still gave. I mean, I gave it an eight point five out of ten for mythology. I um, give it a nine out of ten. So yeah, I there you go. On that. All right, how did you feel about uh, plot structure and pace? Uh, I don't have strong thoughts either way. Nothing really seemed very slow, or like not, not enough attention was given to something. Okay. I don't know. I haven't watched X-Files in a while, so I think I was just kind of happy to watch X-Files again. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I wasn't judging as harshly as I should. I, I have, the reason I ask to specify, like, nothing seemed slow, the whole first act felt really slow to me. And I was worried that I was just going to hate the whole episode. Um, I mean, I had seen it before, so I guess I knew on some level that I wouldn't completely hate it. But the whole first act is just like... Mulder stumbling through the woods. You hardly have any dialogue. Scully doesn't show up for 13 minutes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, everything before Scully shows up. And it's not that you need her in every episode or that you need her, you know, at the start of every episode. But it just, 
it just my mom was just like, okay, we're just watching Mulder stumble around the forest, and a few like there was hardly even any dialogue in the first thirteen minutes, and I just felt like it could have been way shorter. I don't know. It just it really once Scully showed up, even the scenes she wasn't in after that, like that seemed to be the point where it was like, and maybe you can go back even a little bit further. Maybe it was when Max showed up because that was practically the same point a couple minutes earlier but somewhere in that scene like once he gets incarcerated or whatever and and then scully has to come save him then the plot picks up and things things seem fine from there but i had a real hard time with the first act it felt slow yeah i guess so uh any other thoughts with that category for you nope i I don't have any thoughts at all really all right what did you rate it five out of ten meets expectations all right i did a four out of ten um, which is a little low, but I, I really had a hard time with that first act. I really, everything else was pretty fine, but that first act was was below expectations. I would even call the the first act possibly unsatisfactory. Um, but then, oh. but then after that, it it picked up. So I, I wasn't going to mark the whole episode as that. Yeah, I don't think that bothered me too much because I remember while watching it thinking, like Mulder is pretty good at like sneaking around and not getting caught and the, except he always gets caught <laughs> yeah he always gets caught he gets beat up he ends up in a hospital like something bad always happens so i'm mm-hmm. watching it knowing well i mean i've seen this probably 10 times but i know i know that he's going to get pretty far and maybe he'll see something cool maybe he won't but eventually he's going to get captured or something bad's going to happen so, yeah i don't i don't know i think of maybe i was just thinking about that while watching it so what did you think about the outer goals versus emotional needs? I'm guessing you didn't think very highly of it. Yeah, I mean, I pretty much already said everything that I, I think I really need to say about this category. So I'm not going to reiterate my complaints. Um, but it just felt like people doing things without me really knowing why. And I didn't feel like there was much of an emotional attachment to why they were doing things i mean there were there were base outer goals and scully wanted to bring Mulder home and and Mulder wanted to find out about the the fallen angel um so i mean they had basic outer goals but even those outer goals like why didn't scully just leave without him if she wanted to go home that bad i didn't understand why she kept staying because they weren't even on a case he was just off doing his own thing she could have just gone home been like i tried to get him he refused i mean i guess she was trying to save like you know watches back or whatever shouldn't want him to get in trouble so maybe she felt like if she stayed with him the whole time it would look better i suppose yeah um and then Mulder, i pretty much already said like i, I get that he wants to find the truth and i i, I get it but i kind of didn't really get it because <laughs> they didn't really uh have too much of an emotional need to go along with it or they didn't it just seems undeveloped i guess well didn't deep throat tell him about it Deep Throat told him about it, and I understand yeah. why he would go and, like, see what he could see, but then, like, like he got caught and just wouldn't leave, and it's like, you've done what, what, everything you can do, and now you're just jeopardizing your career for the sake of jeopardizing your career. There wasn't much of an emotional emotional needs or emotional stakes, but it's not really focusing on that. Yeah. I don't know. Overall, I give it a 5 out of 10. It's okay. All right. I gave it a 3 out of 10. I thought it was below expectations. And I feel like perhaps if the first act had held my attention a little bit better, yeah. I wouldn't have cared as much about the lack of of emotional needs. But I just felt like I was watching him wander around through the forest for forever. Not, I mean, I knew why, because I knew the outer goal. But like, I mean, he's putting so much at stake between his own career and Scully. Like he's he's 
putting her reputation at stake too. And he just doesn't seem to care. Like if it was just him and, and Scully didn't play a part in it, I could maybe see it a little bit more, but like, yeah, he's got a partner now and he seems to, to care about her a great deal already. And then he's just willing to throw her under the bus and be like, nah, I'm not going to go home. I know that's going to make you look bad, but meh, I don't really care. And I just wish they had, they had touched up on the emotions a little bit more. Again, not that every episode needs it. I just felt like this episode in particular, yeah. it, it just seemed lacking to me. Yeah, I think Mulder is just one of those people who's like, well, if you don't want to be here, don't be here. And maybe they should have taken five seconds to have that conversation. Yeah. Like when Because I was thinking that same thing. Like, yeah. like, like I said, just go home. Like when Scully said, no, we can't stay. We've got to go to the airport. Just go. Yeah. yeah. Maybe if Mulder said, that's great. Go. I, I've got some time off. I'm going to take a few days off and look into this. See you yeah. next week or something. Maybe that would that would uh, satisfy that emotional need of yours to have emotional <laughs> needs. I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah, I guess they could have thrown something like that in. Yeah. It just seems noticeably lacking. Uh, how did you feel about the uh, genre cliches and tropes category? This one's usually pretty tough for me with a lot of these X-Files episodes because it feels like it is its own genre and it's creating these tropes and these cliches. But I bumped it up a little bit because Deep Throat was playing both sides, which I don't think we've seen so far. So that was a neat twist at the end, uh, kind of unexpected, at least for me. And also, Max wasn't just some crazy guy. He was, it seems like they were kind of hinting at that the alien was there to abduct him, right? Like Mulder yeah. was pointing out, like, it's a crazy coincidence that they just happened to be at the same place at the same time, isn't it? Right, yeah. So I don't know if the alien was calling Max to the, to the rendezvous point or if the alien was just went wherever Max was. But that was kind of a neat twist. I don't even know if that's a twist, just a reveal. But there was nothing like too mind blowing, nothing too crazy. So I bumped it up a little bit. What did you think? Uh, pretty much the same. I actually, it's interesting that you mention uh, how X Files is kind of its own genre, and this is, you know, season one is creating the tropes. Because I tend to, at least for season one, disagree at least a little bit. Okay. I feel like season one, more so than later seasons, is very much so. Like you've got these procedural elements, you have horror oh, yeah. elements, you have sci-fi elements, and then by like season, you know, maybe three or four, like okay, now there's enough tropes specific to X Files. Like okay, now I feel like I can say it's its own genre, and then retrospectively apply or retroactively, I mean, sure, apply it to these early episodes. Um, but I do think largely just because it's such a mythology episode, and a lot of the things I had already mentioned about like you know the. You know, we have the abduction, and that's such an iconic image of, of Max yeah. in the air. Like that's one of the most iconic images oh, of yeah. X Files. Uh, you've got that. You've got the the incision for the, the presumably an implant of some sort. Right behind the ear. Yeah, you've got that. So I mean, there's there's a lot of um, I guess alien abduction specific tropes. I'm sure they existed outside of X Files before bringing it in, but it you know establishes those as like here's part of the mythology. Here's here's what the aliens in our universe do. Right. Um, so I thought that was interesting, and I gave it a pretty significant bump. I gave the overall category uh, a 7 out of 10, um, just for you know starting to establish, which is kind of double-dipping into the mythology yeah. section, but I oh. figure it, it works in both categories. That's the same score I give it, so I guess I can't argue with you. All right, there we go. What did you think of the dialogue in this episode? 
I was not super impressed with the dialogue. Um, I mean, like I said before, it seemed like there was hardly any dialogue in the whole first act, which just kind of annoyed me. I mean, you did get deep throat talking a little bit. You got the military people talking a little bit. There was some. It's not like it was 13 minutes of silence. Um, but really, yeah, it wasn't that great. I didn't feel like there were any Mulder Scully-isms um, there. I mean, you get some of Scully right. just being like, okay, let's go home. And like, like, oh, that's so Scully. Like, that's kind of fun, I guess. <laughs> but... Oh, that's so Scully. <laughs> <laughs> she was never, like, clever about it. She wasn't making jokes. She right. was just grumpy the whole episode. Which is fine. Like, that's how she would respond. Like, it was very true to her character, especially this early on. Like, it felt natural. But it just didn't seem like there was, uh, there just wasn't that, like, spark that X-Files dialogue usually has. Right. I um, agree. So it's just kind of meh. I did really like, I liked Max's dialogue. I liked Max in general. He's probably um, the saving point for me with this episode. Like, I like the stuff it does with establishing genre, and I really like Max as a character. I think he's just interesting. Yeah. So I liked his dialogue, and I liked there were a couple parts um, when they're talking to the the widow, and they're like, you, know, you deserve the truth. It's like, oh, I can't afford the truth. Yeah. Like that that was an interesting exchange. And then Mulder at the end talking about like, you, know, you can't hide the truth. No government can, you know, has the right to withhold the truth or, or whatever he phrases it better than that. Right. Um, so there were a few things here and there that I'm like, oh, that's not like witty and clever and like that kind of X Files dialogue, but it is very. Very Mulder being Mulder. Yeah, and very, you know, it gets the themes across in, in really good ways. Not just of the episode, but of the series as a right. whole. Um, you know, just this idea of pursuing the truth at all costs. So I liked that. I, I liked that part of the dialogue. But I wish there had been maybe a little bit of levity or a little bit of uh, just a little something extra. Because even all the all the military people were just landed boring. It's like, you're going to do what I say because I'm in the military. Just like that. Not really, but... Uh, uh, I'm pretty sure that's pretty realistic, though. Maybe if they had had a better actor. We'll get into that later. Oh, but okay. it's just... I don't know. A lot of the dialogue felt really stilted from the from the secondary characters, I thought. Except Max. Okay. Yeah, I get what you're saying with it lacking that, that Mulder and Scully spark. But there were still a few little things here and there. So I, it didn't bother me that much. Like, um, Max calls Scully the enigmatic dr scully yeah and then Mulder kind of jokes about that or like, yeah i don't even know what to call that <laughs> so there's a few little things here or there and even with the military where the woman at the radar is like oh the craft is doing this and he's like no 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 what you're seeing is a meteor and the uh, erratic behavior is clearly malfunctioning instruments yeah and they kind of like jokingly carry that on it's like oh yeah the the meteor is hovering over this town yeah so yeah. i don't know it's kind of a not really a joke like like a half joke or a yeah half clever thing but yeah, you're right yeah. there was a lot it was missing a lot of the the molder and scully spark so overall i gave it a five out of ten it was good enough uh, i gave it a 4.5 out of 10 i pretty much agree so overall for writing for me, it came out to 6.2, exceeds expectations slightly. All right. Mine was a, a 5.4, pretty square in the middle of meets expectations. I really didn't think the script did. Aside from, from adding to the mythology, uh, I really didn't think I did anything super special. And I, I guess I'm just even less of a fan of the mythology episodes than I thought. Okay. I don't know. But it's not bad. 5.4, that's perfectly fine. 
All right, so then the next overall category is going to be the technical category, and the first subcategory is acting and casting. I already kind of hinted at, at my feelings for, for this one. So what did, what did you a little more think? than a hint, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> acting and casting, I thought it was uh, pretty good, uh, although I'm not a very good judge of that. But I, I thought Max did a great job. It was very interesting. I thought the military... People did their job. They seemed like military people. The people in the hospital seemed like hospital people. Why do I always say that whenever it comes to this category? <laughs> like that one guy seemed like that one guy. And that one chick seemed like that one chick. So I don't know. I guess that's all I got to say about that. All right. I will say, I know I, I sounded pretty harsh earlier. Um, I did think, uh, I love the, the actor who plays Max. I should have looked up his, his name, but I didn't. Um, but he was fantastic. I really liked him. Um, and David Duchovny and Julian Anderson, they did great as always. Although right. I, I will say I didn't think this was David Duchovny's strongest episode. Uh, but I'm not sure how much of that is accurate and how much is just my dislike of the first act. Because I just I just didn't think he was carrying it very well, which is likely the script as well and, and personal preference because you didn't seem to have any of the same problems that I did with the first act. Um, so I won't go too much more into detail there. Um, but then as far as everybody else, it just seems like there's a lot of, of stiff acting. The military people just seems, I mean, I know that's kind of like the the idea, right? It's right. Uh, an army of one or whatever. You know, they're all supposed to uh, kind of have the same goals and the same, I don't know what I'm trying to say exactly, but there, there's an archetype for a reason. That's, right. I don't know. but like obedient soldiers. Right. Um, and it's not like they're supposed to be showing emotion. I guess that's what I'm getting at. Like they're not supposed to be emotional people, at least not at work, you know? Right. So I guess everybody did a fine job, but I just thought, especially the, the one, the one guy was like, it's a meteor. Clearly, uh, that guy, I, he just seemed a little, you know, like, I'm the villain. Watch yeah. me be villainous. Yeah. Um, so I, I just, see that. I think he was probably the, the person I had a biggest issue with. But anyway, all that said, uh, largely because I still I still really liked Max. I loved Deep Throat, as always. And uh, this was, of the three episodes we've seen him in so far, this was the best, I thought. Um, so there was still a lot of strong stuff going on, but it just didn't um, didn't get pushed into the uh, outstanding range or anything. It uh, I gave it a, uh, a 6 out of 10, which, which is on the high end of meets expectations. Okay, well, I gave it a 7 out of 10. That brings us to cinematography. I know we both, I think, pretty much always think the cinematography is great with X-Files, but did you have any specific thoughts on this episode? I will say I, I almost gave it a perfect 10, um, wow. but then I, I knocked it down for two reasons. The first was I'm trying to keep in mind, like, look at it through the perspective of X-Files as a whole, as opposed to just these are pretty pictures. I like it. Um, cause, right. cause like you said, we pretty much always like X-Files when, when it doesn't stand out, it'll definitely get a hit in the points, but that's pretty rare. So, so within the context of episodes we've seen so far, I didn't quite give it a perfect. And then also I realized that, um, I was really just responding to the more of the lighting aspect of cinematography, okay. um, which I thought was, was really stunning throughout, but that said, the the camera work really didn't do much. I mean, it wasn't bad by any means, but it wasn't doing um, nothing that I would consider perfect by any means. Um, so I ended up knocking it down. Instead of doing a perfect 10, I went all the way down to an 8 out of 10 for those two reasons, both 
looking at it through the lens of X-Files as a whole right. and considering that it's lighting and camera movement or camera work, I should say. Um, it was really the lighting that, that did it for me with this one. Not so much the camera work. Okay. Uh, that sounds similar to my thoughts. I mean, it's, it's beautiful as always. You have the forest, you have rain. Yeah. Um, I really like the scene in the beginning where Mulder found the downed aircraft. Yeah. And like they got the dudes in the hazmat suits and the bright lights and they're fogging it for some reason. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's like a bleach aerosol. I think it was like supposed clean to be. It or... Yeah, I think, it was, I think they were destroying it, weren't they? Or destroying it, maybe? I thought. Yeah, I or maybe it was doing. some sort of disinfecting any kind of alien. Maybe. I'm guessing they just thought it looked cool. And they're like, yeah, well, eh, people will make up whatever. Yeah. I was just judging that based on the Mulder says some line of like, oh, that's a lot of firepower just for Mother Earth or something like that. Yeah. And they're like, oh, it was an environmental disaster we were cleaning yeah. up. So I guess I assume maybe they were destroying it, but I have no idea. Uh, cinematography, I guess for this episode, a big part of it was seeing things through the alien's eyes. Yeah, that's true. A lot true. of like running through the forest and like that fish eye lens or whatever it is. Yeah. I guess that does fall under camera work. I was thinking more editing with that. But yeah, you're right. That is camera work, too. But, uh, you know, given both those things, I bumped it up a little bit, maybe a little too much. I give it a 9 out of 10. Okay. Uh, what did you think about, speaking of editing, uh, the, the editing and the special effects? The special effects, um, there were only a few that really stand out. One is seeing Max like suspended in the air as he's being abducted, which was amazing and super iconic and yeah. just exactly what it needed to be uh i feel like they could have done that badly or like gone too far over or just yeah i don't know but it was it was really neat really great love that there's also the special effect of the alien uh i mean you see it attacking people kind of but it's just like a really bright strobe light yeah which yeah that gets the job done i guess communicates yeah. the point um, but then seeing the alien itself, how it's invisible, but it like distorts the air. So it's like a, a distortion. Yeah. That was kind of neat. I mean, I think we saw that in the Predator movies, which I'm pretty sure were out by this time. Yeah. But it, I mean, it's not novel, but it gets the job done. It works. Yeah. And it wasn't done badly. At least it didn't yeah. seem like that to me. The The special effects part. As far as like the invisible field and everything, I'll, I'll agree. It didn't look bad, uh, but it definitely, I've never even seen the Predator movies. And I'm Neither like, this I. this is ripping off Predator. Yeah. Like every second of it, I was just like, this is, this is Predator. And I don't quite understand why it was invisible. Maybe there's, because uh, I do tend to not remember the mythology episodes nearly as well as the Monster of the Weeks. Yeah. So, so maybe it comes back to it later, I guess. We, I don't well, think it does. I don't I think, think so in the either. beginning, they're just like, a new alien every episode. Yeah, which was kind of, uh, I, I know I complained about that quite a bit with space. Yeah. I was like, I feel like this hurts the mythology overall because like, this isn't, what is this? Um, and this one didn't bother me as we just because it's a better episode overall by yeah. far. But yeah, the whole invisible alien thing, like it was just, it was ripping off Predator. I guess it was just me. It was ripping off Predator and it didn't contribute to the mythology. It's like, why yeah. is it invisible? That kind of, I, I remember thinking that too as i watched this like why why do we never see this again yeah so so that bothered me um which i guess i mean i'm sure that's in the script i'm sure the editor yeah. wasn't just like here's how we're gonna do this 
Um, but I kind of docked more in the editing than in writing. But that was one thing that bothered me. And then the whole, like, like the strobe light thing, uh, where she's like, oh, yeah. and then the screen's going to go white. And it's like, okay, I know you're on a budget. I know it's tight. But, like, yeah. like we can see a little bit more than that. Just show him getting knocked to the ground and cut away. Something. Okay. Like, the, the, the flashes of white really bothered me. And there was a lot of slow motion in this episode, which just looked dated and bad. Um, so there was just a lot of little things like that within the editing when I was just like, I feel like this story could have been told a little better. And I don't think it was within the writing in, in those instances. The Invisible Alien, sure, that was, I'm sure, in the writing. But the other editing things, I'm like, surely they could have just cut differently and not had slow motion. Like, why, why did they go this route? Uh, I just didn't really like it. So, so I gave this category a little bit of a lower score. Yeah, that's uh, that's a pretty good summary of this episode. <laughs> At least the editing and special effects. There was one thing that kind of bothered me, but I'll I'll, I'll give it a pass just because I don't know, feeling generous, you kind of have to do this, I guess. Um, but the laser perimeter, mm. you can't see lasers. Yeah, I kind of thought the same thing. Not unless there's like a smoky atmosphere for for the beam to bounce off of. Yeah. So that. Always kind of like annoys me just a little bit. Yeah. But like I said, I mean, how else are you going to show lasers? Sure. Although it's X-Files, so just have a smoky forest. Yeah. But I don't know. What was the... This is going back to writing, I guess, more than anything. But what was the point of those lasers? Because the alien just want... Did they just not know the alien (laughs) could go right through it? I thought the same thing. I'm guessing it's just protocol. You put up a laser perimeter so you can know when they ran away rather than putting up an actual perimeter that would stop them from running away (laughs) i guess i don't know that whole i don't know someone learned how to make laser effects in adobe and they're like i'm gonna do this i don't know i thought that was kind of weak yeah which again and i feel like again having never seen the movies i isn't there a laser perimeter of some sort in the predator movies i feel like that was taken from that too but but again never seen the movies so Sorry for anybody cringing out there going, what are you talking mm. about? You know what? Just because of that, I'm going to, I, I was going to give it a pass on the whole laser perimeter thing, <laughs> but, you know, hearing your thoughts and then talking it out and, and realizing that an actual perimeter that stops them would have been better than a perimeter that tells you when they run through. Yeah. And you don't even know if that's what ran through. It could have been a squirrel or a, I don't know, falling branch. Yeah. Like that's, that, oh man, that's so stupid. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I was trying not to be too harsh with it, but there's absolutely no reason for that. Are you going to deduct the points in as somewhere in the writing or for editing? Because it was a special effect as well. Well, I guess because it, it was definitely it. Like I would say yeah. maybe me personally, I would probably deduct points in genre cliches and tropes. In fact, I think I will. I'm going to knock that score down to a six point five instead of a seven because that's where I think that would fall under more so than because special effect wise, it looked fine. Yeah. Although I guess I knocked points for the invisible alien, so I guess I'm being hypocritical. I don't know. I don't know. I, I was there was something that bothered me, and I noticed it, but I didn't deduct points for it because I was like, "Well, it's a movie, and you have to show the lasers, so it's not realistic." But that's but how then you why get the do they even across. have? Yeah, so yeah. I'm going to deduct points, anyways. All right, but where? Every single cat. <laughs> uh, no, just from editing and special effects. Fair enough. Uh, so, what was your your total then after the deduction? For editing and special effects, I gave it a 5 out of 10 meets expectations. 
very close to mine. I gave it a 4.5. It's on the border between unsatisfactory and, or I'm sorry, between below expectations and meets expectations. All right. Uh, how did you feel about the the sound and music of this episode? Early well, X-Files episode, this is always an interesting category. Yeah. It was classic, old school, season one X-Files music. I did notice a few new songs or a few new sounds that showed up, uh, which I haven't heard before and don't think I hear again. It seems like in later seasons they have like their their, their soundboard of, of different sounds and yeah. play sound number fourteen, play sound number three, or whatever that little music clip. Yeah. Um, but I th- I think they were still trying to find which ones worked and make new ones in in the early season. So I did hear a little bit new that I hadn't heard before. So I bumped it up for that. But other than that, it's just standard season one X Files, which is not a bad thing for the most part. For me. Yeah. In my opinion. I thought pretty similarly, actually. I definitely, um, there was definitely a little bit of the the procedural mm-hmm. synth, as we've dubbed it, I guess. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't too obnoxious in this one. I really only noticed it twice. Um, I believe one of the times was when they were at the military base right before Max got abducted. And I feel like that scene could have used some more classic X-Files music as opposed to that. Um, but then everywhere else, um, I think somewhere in the end, there was the procedural synth. But there was a lot of, of creepy music and a lot of good, like, sound effect. Like, I feel like the alien made, like, a, a sound as it moved, maybe. Or maybe I'm making that up. But, okay. um, you know, it just seemed like there were there were some different kind of sounds. So, I don't know. I didn't really dock it too much. and actually gave it a pretty decent score. Um, you know, not quite as high. It would have been a little bit higher if it wasn't for those two instances of the synth. Hmm. Um, but it wasn't as uh, sure. as egregious of an offense as we've heard in <laughs> earlier episodes. Um, so it still um, was in the exceeds expectations range for me. Oh, wow. Um, what, what was the actual score? Uh, seven out of ten. That's exactly what I gave it. All right. So that's going to bring us to the aesthetics uh, subcategory. Uh, how did you how did you feel about this one? This one, I might be double dipping into the uh, cinematography category a little bit. But the notes that I took are for this category, so I'm going to put the points here as well. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, like I said earlier, I really like the scene with the downed aircraft, and you got the dudes in the hazmat suits, and the bright lights, and the rain. And, and uh, I like the scene at the end where they're at the docks in the abandoned warehouses, or I guess they're not abandoned. It's, I don't know, maybe it's a Saturday or something. <laughs> no one is working. I'm sure it's been evacuated. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I really like that scene. That whole location was really cool. The forest stuff is always beautiful and always really cool. Classic X-Files. Can't go wrong with that. So I, I rated aesthetics pretty high. All right. How high? Are you going to wait till I talk? Um, oh, yeah. I also forgot to mention I really like the inside of Max's uh, yeah. RV. Yeah. His little trailer. That was really cool. That's clearly someone who has dedicated his life to this. Yeah. Right? He has no girlfriend, no friends outside of his, uh, what were the groups, Yufon and uh, NICAP or whatever. Yeah. Something like that. Something that kind of sounds like NyQuil, but not. Yeah. Uh, you can edit that out if I'm wrong. No, I'm pretty sure that's right, NICAP. And he had like little newspaper clips and he had like hanging uh, globes like pictures of Saturn, like this dude is into aliens and into space. And he has this like high tech equipment that he got off, got off eBay or I don't know, stole from someone <laughs> like 
It's what the CIA uses. And this guy is dedicated. Yeah. And I thought that was a really cool little location. All right. So having said all that, I gave it a pretty high score. I gave it a nine out of 10 because I think it is outstanding. All right. I actually have a, a pretty similar thoughts. Pretty much everything you just said. Um, I do love particularly... I think this is always the uh, side note with the early seasons. It was the more the environmental aesthetics than the the character aesthetics. The, oh right, the, I was forget about that. Yeah, so we've got the uh, by by environmental aesthetics. I mean, uh, Seth from locations and the more character aesthetics would be hair, makeup, and costumes. Uh, and hair, makeup, and costumes didn't really do much for me. I did like Max's look. He's got like the you know the chucks and the yeah. you know flannel shirt. Like, he just looks. You know, he's got the glasses like he just has a he's got the look and his hair too like very, he just yeah he's like very seattle yeah and he, and he just like post grunge yeah and he just he's he's got the look down um so i liked that as far as the environmental aesthetics go but every or i mean the character aesthetics um but everything else within that kind of uh sub sub category i guess <laughs> or however you want to think about it um was kind of meh um, but then the, the environmental aesthetics, we've got the, the forests and the, like I said, the, the scene with the, the aircraft and, uh, the, the trailer, everything you said, I, yeah. I completely agree that the environmental aesthetics were, were on point with this episode. It was really great. And even, even throughout that, that first act where I was like, this is boring. This is slow. Where's Scully? I don't really care that much about what's happening. <laughs> like it was still, and this is partly cinematography and partly the aesthetics, but at least that first act was, was pretty to look at. <laughs> You've got the, well, even sure. the forest that's on fire just looked gorgeous. Yeah. That was really neat. Yeah. And, uh, and the, the cell that he's in. And then when Scully comes in and she's just like in silhouette and just like looking so yeah. grumpy, <laughs> that was great. Um, which again, that was a lot of the, a lot of cinematography as well. And that's um, interesting. Cause that set was like chain link fence and like the cheapest military cot you can afford. Yeah. Which, which seemed both realistic and yeah. budgetary or, or budget friendly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, the aesthetics overall, I just thought were, were really strong. Not quite as strong as you. I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. I would have given it a little bit higher, um, but just the the more character aesthetics aside from Max um, didn't really do much that was noteworthy. Um, so I kept it on the lower end of, uh, of outstanding. So 8.5 for me. All right. Someday I got to look up the budget for these episodes because I keep forgetting, like, this is a TV show. Yeah, it wasn't. I mean, I'm sure it's still, if you look at the numbers, it seems like a lot. But as far as TV budgets go, I think it was pretty small. I think by like season two, they already had a pretty decent cult following and they started getting more and more money. Okay. And by later, I mean, by later episodes, I'm sure a lot of the budget was being given to Jillian Anderson and David Duchovny That's too. True, but yeah. It's just amazing how much they have for season one of a TV show. Yeah. All these sets, all these props, all these effects, all these extras. Yeah, it's season one of a TV show on a fairly new network, and it's a genre show. Like those tend to not get picked up in general because they're more expensive, and then when they do get picked up, yeah. they seem to get the smaller budgets. It's like, well, we'll see what you can do with this, and then we'll give you more. Um, which seems like the most backwards way to do it. <laughs> like the genre right. shows need the most. I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot going on there, but. And yeah. you mean genre show as opposed to like a, a family sitcom that takes place in the living room? Or I suppose yeah, I guess by genre I just mean like like sci-fi or western or 
Okay. Uh, like, I, I yeah. mean, I mean, like procedural is, is a genre too, but that's not really what I mean. I just don't like a, the, I guess the big budget genres or the, the high concept genres. Right. Or period it's not a pieces. fixed location. Yeah. Or it's just, you know, if it like, like a Star Trek show, you've got to have aliens and different planets and all these yeah. different things. Okay. Whereas with a procedural, you just have a couple people go to a alley each week. And, you know. <laughs> right. Okay. I get what you're saying. But anyway, um, so what was your, your total overall for the, the technical? The technical came out to 7.4, which exceeds expectations, but I thought it would be a little bit higher. I'm not sure why. Hmm. Oh, yeah. The special effects and editing. I, mm. I did bump that down a bit. Yeah. Mine is a pretty similar score, actually. I give it a 6.8 overall. Um, which exceeds expectations. It's pretty much right in the middle of that, um, which seems about right. It, it was a, the script didn't grab me too much, but it was pretty to look at. Yeah. And and again, same with you. It would have been a lot higher um, if if editing and special effects had been higher. Yeah. So memorability. Did you uh, remember this episode? Were there some surprises that you forgot about? And um, did you remember it for good reasons? I. I, I that's a lot of questions all at once. <laughs> I, I will say I've, I I must have seen this episode somewhere between half a dozen and a dozen times because I've yeah. gone through it and rewatched season one many, many, many times. Same here. And that said, I remembered almost nothing from this episode. Wow. Um, I remembered Max yeah. and, and the scenes with him. And I think that was really it. Um, there really wasn't much else that I remembered. And it's not that I didn't like it necessarily like it's not like i was like oh yeah that's right i blocked this from my memory it just didn't seem to leave an impression on me um and i think sure. it, i think a lot of that just comes down to my personal taste like there, there are two types of x-files fans <laughs> the ones that are in it for the mythology and the ones that are in it for other things i guess that mostly like you know, monster of the week and the characters right. um things like that and i'm definitely in the in the latter camp like <laughs> i don't really I like the mythology. I'm glad it's there. It's interesting. And, right. you know, it's, I, and I tend to like overarching storylines and, you know, like I love all the Netflix original shows where it's like 10 episodes and it's like one giant movie that's like 10 hours long. Like I love all that stuff, but for some reason with this show, and I think it's because the characters get ignored in, in mythology episodes, or at least that's what I noticed yeah. with this one. Maybe that's not always true. Um, I know in later episodes, not going to get into specifics uh, to avoid spoilers, but I know... Uh, there are definitely some some more character driven myth arc episodes coming, but I think for the most part, uh, it's either about mythology or it's about character, and and this one was about mythology, and I just that didn't really leave a mark on me, and it okay. it was pretty forgettable. Sure. Um. So I only gave it a, a three out of ten. It it was. Wow. I, I mean, I literally didn't remember it. That yeah, I guess that's the the right score if you didn't remember it. Yeah, I would have given it. Maybe that's a little bit too low because I mean, no, maybe that, eh. that sounds right. I mean, a three yeah. out of ten—that's below expectations. It's low, and it's right in the middle of below expectations, which is why I picked the three because I wasn't sure. Especially something that you've seen, yeah, eight, nine, ten times. It's gotta and you be, don't remember it. yeah. And I do remember, like I remember Max. As soon as I saw him, I was like, "Oh, cool! This is the episode with Max." Yeah. Um, like he definitely left an impression and I, I remembered him and I remember that I liked him. I remembered his scenes. I knew it was coming once I saw him. Um, but everything else, like he's really right. not in that episode that much and everything else was so forgettable to me. So yeah, I'll, I'll, maybe I'll go, I'm going to go 3.5 just 
because he was in it enough that I feel like it can be a little bit higher. Um, but yeah, it was just didn't leave an impression on me. How about you? I remember a lot of the imagery, like the alien running through the, uh, the perimeter because they didn't put up an actual perimeter that would stop <laughs> someone. I mean, how hard is it to put up barbed wire? It's probably cheaper than doing a laser effect anyways. But whatever. Anyway, I remember that. And I do remember Max, especially him getting abducted. Yeah. A little scar behind his ear. And so there's a lot of little details that I remembered. Uh, I totally forgot that Deep Throat was at the end. Completely yeah, I didn't forgot that. Him. That was a yeah. new pleasant surprise. Uh, and like you, I've seen this... 10 12 times something like that but i did like once once the episode started i like it came back to me and what's what's going on it's not something that i would think like oh man remember that episode and that that was so cool yeah so overall i give it a five out of ten meets expectations all right that's fair now so that's gonna bring us to overall enjoyment did you enjoy this episode i did enjoy it the story's kind of i don't know it's there I mean, it's unlike anything else on TV, but it's like pretty standard X-Files stuff. Um, I really like the character Max. I really like the Deep Throat was, like I said earlier, playing both sides. And that's kind of a, a, a neat reveal. Yeah. And you're not even really sure where his allegiance is. Because up until this point, it, for me at least, I always thought like, oh, he's trying to help Mulder uncover all this because he knows it's bad. And he's a good guy in like in the embedded in the system trying to overthrow the system or something maybe probably not that dramatic but, <laughs> you know he's he's a good guy he's trying to help someone do what's right but then you hear him give his little spiel at the end and it's like oh well maybe he's using Mulder for his own ends and it's probably a little of both can never really be sure and yeah that's, that's pretty neat I bumped overall enjoyment up a little bit because I think that's pretty fun even though like you said the first act is Mulder He's not really wandering through the woods. <laughs> He's sneaking around. So I gave it a 7 out of 10. Exceeds expectations. What did you think? Right. I didn't really like this episode that much. Mm-hmm. I, I liked the scenes with Max. That's about it. Uh, I liked Scully's scenes. I mean, just her general, like, come on, we've got a plane to catch. And like, yeah, you know, that was kind of fun, I guess. And, and just seeing the, the dichotomy between them or the... The, the clash of personalities when they're trying to work together and it's not really working. I don't know. That was kind of interesting, but I, I just wasn't really holding it. And I think a lot of it, my, my score would have been a lot higher had I liked the first act more. I know I keep harping on that, um, yeah. but I was really, I, I was bored in the first act. I was like the whole, like the first 13 minutes and then finally Scully shows up and it's like, and not that I need Scully in an episode for it to be enjoyable, but in this particular one, it was just like, okay, we've seen Mulder. We know what he's up to. Where is Scully? Because right. it's not even like they mentioned at the beginning, like, oh, he's going to go off and, and just be without her for a while. It was just, just jumped in to tell his story and didn't mention her at all. And it was just, eh, I don't know. Yeah. There were just enough things that I disliked. So I only gave it, um, I gave it a four out of 10. I thought it was below expectations for, for me personally, Okay. Um, I was gonna do like a four point five because I, I I feel really bad dipping you know below the the meets expectations line, um, but the more I thought wow. about it and the more we talked about it, I, I it was below expectations. It uh, was not it's not what I want out of X Files, sure. um, and I think it's just I just don't like the mythologies, um, at least not 
this it's type mythology of mythology at the expense of character. Exactly. Um, and I do think there are later later mythology episodes that, like I said, have more to do with character and are more overarching. Like you get a piece of the puzzle here, five episodes later you get another little piece of the puzzle. Like later seasons do a little bit of a better job of, you know, having overarching storylines as opposed to like, well, this was basically a monster of the week. It just had mythology in it instead of like a monster, quote unquote. Right. But it doesn't, I don't know, like, is it going to have lasting effects? Probably not. Um, other than, I mean, you've got Deep Throat in there and a few other things. I, mean, I don't want to spoil right. anything, but for the most part, it's it's a pretty standalone. Yeah, that's e- true. Even though it's it's very much a mythology episode. Um, so all of those um, kind of contributed to, to the low score. Uh, did you give uh, Did you give Fallen Angel any extra credit? Nope. Me neither. I really wanted to, especially because I know there's... Um, right. this, this is a weird episode where, like, there were a lot of, like, swing... Uh, swing scores, I guess, or like, there were some things that were like below expectations, but a decent amount that were exceeds or even outstanding, and not a ton in the middle, um, which is interesting. Usually, an episode as a whole is, is one way or the other, or kind of down the line. But this was really hit and miss for me. But I couldn't think of anything to give extra credit for to kind of make up for some of the misses. All right. So then, with that said, what was your total score? My total score. For this episode, season one, episode 10, Fallen Angel of X-Files. Oh my god, it's so hot in here to wrap it up. (laughs) My total score was 64.00, which exceeds expectations by a little bit. It's just barely, which uh, maybe it's a little higher than I would have expected, but that's not too surprising. So I'm okay with it. All right. This is, uh, I think, one of our biggest discrepancies yet. My total uh, came out to a 49 even. Um, wow, which, which, which still meets expectations. It's it's a fine episode. Um, there's just enough enough things that, that just don't meet my needs as a viewer. <laughs> or, yeah, my expectations. So, yeah, that seems about right. This seems like a, like a 5 out of 10. Seems pretty accurate. Um, cause like I was saying, like there's, there's a lot of things that fall below my expectations and I really didn't like that much, but then there were a lot of things that were, were, you know, either exceeded expectations or even were outstanding. Right. Um, so it was really, um, really hit and miss for me. So it's not really a surprise that it came out to, to a pretty down the line score or, you know, a, a mediocre score. Right. Um, that seems right. Okay. All right. Well, is there anything else you would like to add for Fallen Angel? No, I can't think of anything. All right. So that is going to wrap it up for Season 1, Episode 10, Fallen Angel. Thanks so much for listening. We will be back next week to talk about one of my favorite episodes. I'm really excited to get to this one. It's going to be Season 1, Episode 11, Eve. Uh, So please come back and join us for that. And if you could... Uh, like and subscribe and and especially review this podcast on itunes that would be super awesome of you and will help us get more viewers um and i think that is about it again thanks so much for listening and we will see you next week